Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Dylan at Thunder Jazz, coming to you with a word from our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. It is playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. BetOnline is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props, head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. Bet online where the game starts. I, st- I still haven't seen a hit record. There's no record button. This is kind of important. Let me check. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure we're live right now. How's it going, y'all? <laughs> What's Hi, everyone. Up? What's up, everyone? Hey, y'all. Trying to, How's it going? We're trying to figure out if we're recording or we're just live. Yeah, we're, we're just making sure real quick. I think it should be. I'm pretty Ukulele sure you cover. What's up, man? Yeah, I'm pretty sure when you hit. I think so, too, but let's just make Stream. very it's sure. Recording. Okay. No, you texting Maddie? <laughs> Matt, I think Matt can hear us. I think Matt, Matt chimed in. He has the noties. Okay, cool. He has those noties on. <laughs> okay, appreciate tyranny. Okay, now we can run it. He he mashed that subscribe button. <laughs> well done. You did. You did a really good job. That's exactly how you do it. Um, all right. You want to hit the intro? Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Topic Thunder podcast as part of the Believe Network. Uh, I don't know if I was supposed to jump in there, but I went ahead and did it. Uh, no Dylan today, who usually you know does the hosting stuff. We're doing a late night pod here. We got Dolan, we got Alex. We're starting with Dolan. Dolan, how you doing? I'm so mad, guys. I feel I that. Mad. I'm mad. Tell them why I'm you mad. Outraged. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I am so. I'm unreasonably mad. For hold on, hold on. Hi. I'm Alex. We're just going to go ahead and go on to the to the madness. Yeah, okay. Part. Go ahead. Yeah, we're going to go on. We're angry. We're upset. I have the fury of 10,000 suns. I <laughs> might lose some sleep tonight over this. I am legitimately upset about. So for weeks, for weeks, I've been tracking what the Thunder needed to do to be in first place on February 4th at the end of the games because that is when the first place coach is designated as the coach of that conference's all-star team. First place. To do that, to do that, the Thunder need to win on Sunday against the Toronto Raptors. They are currently in first place. They would then be in first place because the tiebreaker between the Thunder and the Wolves, who lost tonight to the Magic, shout out Magic, is division record. Then conference record. So I'm celebrating on the timeline like, oh, now thank you, Wolves, for losing. All the Thunder have to do is beat the Raptors and Mark will coach the All-Star game. It'll be great. Only for all the Thunder reporters to start start tweeting at the same time that they're getting from league sources, from Thunder sources, that apparently it is not the same set of tiebreakers 
for this award as it is in the standings. Apparently, it is a conference record, and division record is disregarded. The Wolves have the conference record edge. So what we're looking at is a scenario where the Thunder, if they beat Toronto and the Wolves win their last game against Houston, are going to be sitting in first place on the night that matters. But Mark Dignald is not going to coach the All-Star game, Chris Finches. And I, I can't abide it. I'm outraged. We need to riot. We need to invade Secaucus on foot with torches. I am. I can't believe it, guys. I can't believe it. It's crazy. I mean, it's right across the water for me. I'll go over there. I'll, I'll ask <laughs> him personally. Go knock yeah. on some a- doors, a- man. Everything is legal in New Jersey. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know about everything, but maybe storming the league office in favor of Mark Dagnall. Maybe apparently shenanigans are legal. Apparently, robbery is. We're learning from Mark Dagnall. Treachery. Yeah, is fully in bounds. <laughs> I, I can't. Here, here's my thing. Here, here's my. How is this not something that is readily available to be found anywhere? Like it's nowhere. It's nowhere. Like this is literally. This is literally from. Like we're doing this from like from our ancestors. <clears throat> this is word of mouth from different sources, and we don't know which one is the official source. We don't know which one is the correct source because apparently somebody else, nationally wise, has said, "Hey, hold up." that may not be the correct thing as far as conference record versus division record. Um, and so nobody knows. I honestly like, okay, not honestly. I 37% think that everybody got together and realized, Oh, you know what? There's like a pretty decent chance that like these two teams are going to be tied on February 4th. And nowhere is it written down because this is kind of like an informal thing, right? This isn't like, there's no money at stake or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't written down anywhere what tiebreaker process we use. And the Thunder slash Mark Dagnalt, who is on the record not wanting to do this, <laughs> we should say. Mark Dagnalt does not want to do this. So we are outraged on his behalf, but he does not want this honor. So <laughs> just to mention that. But I honestly think they got together, realized it wasn't written down anywhere. Chris Finch said, yeah, I want to do it. Mark said, I don't want to do it. And they were like, okay. We'll just make the tiebreaker. So if there's a tie, the Wolves get it. I, I think there's like a solid chance that's what happened. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure the NBA was like, there's no way that Minnesota and or Oklahoma City are going to be in this position at this time of the year. Lo yeah, I'm behold. saying like in the last Lo couple behold. of days, this conversation happened. Yeah, they had they had to have a meeting, change the NBA rule book to figure out what happens in this scenario with Mark Day not involved. It's, so it's just weird because you feel like. You would like you can find a tiebreaker for anything in the NBA if you just look it up for a few minutes. I was looking it up and there's literally no source I can find on any of this. And you know, it's been confirmed by people that have reported it, but why can't I as a fan like go look this up? Why is this not something I can find? Even if it would be like just in the corners of a Reddit post somewhere, why is this information like why doesn't it exist? And maybe it's because it didn't exist until yesterday. I mean, here, here's the thing: like, this has to be something that is written somewhere because there's money involved in this. Like, I'm pretty sure there's clauses in people and coaches, you know, contracts that say, "Hey, you get an extra like, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollar bump if you coach the All Star game. You get a, an extra five hundred thousand if you coach the NBA Finals." So there, there has to be something written on this because contracts are written that that have this information on there. Yeah, I don't know. It it it's just weird to me. Like, how have we been tracking this information this whole time, and only now we're like finding out? So 
Maybe Dolan's conspiracy theory's got some credit to it. I don't know. Maybe it does. But hey, we're, all we're know, angry over all, here. All, on top of all I know, all I know is that whoever finishes second in the NBA Finals this year, I'm going to give them the NBA championship. <laughs> this is the equivalent to that. Because yeah. this is well, I can't decide. Yeah. Because like I, so there are multiple reasons why I want Mark Dagnall to coach the All Star team. First and foremost, the Thunder would be in first place, which is the the ultimate goal um, of the regular season. So we could get that still. That's not off the table. The other one's not off the table either. We have to root for the Rockets on Sunday. That's not going to be any fun. I know. But at least Steve, Steve and Adam plays for them now. Well, he'll yeah. be there. Maybe <laughs> he'll probably be in attendance anyways. That's under uh, legend. The, but there are more reasons, which is like, uh, you know, we, I, I like hearing Mark Dagnall talk, give interviews. I think he's just a pleasure. His answers are always really well thought out and make me think about things. I want him to get some national exposure, you know. Um, there are lots of reasons, but so now I can't decide like since he doesn't want it, maybe the best case scenario is we are in first place and he doesn't get it. So like I'll be disappointed, but he'll be happy. We'll be in first place. We'll be able to like put it on the bulletin board. Maybe they'll be they'll be like they, you know, the players can be like they snubbed our coach, right? And come out like super motivated for the snubbing. Motivation. Yeah. So like maybe maybe it's okay. I just I just hate the inconsistency. Like mm-hmm. that that's it just it grinds my gears, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's no real reason it feels like to have if you're going to have like the setup is whoever is in first place is the coach of the Whoever's All-Star game. They can't place. coach two years in they can't coach two years in a row. So if it's someone who was in it last year, it goes to the second coach, which by the way might lead to Doc Rivers who is currently winless in his time as the Milwaukee Bucks head coach <laughs> being the coach of the All-Star game, which is hilarious that that may be how it goes. Um so we'll see on that front. It might be complete weirdness with both all-star coaches where it's a guy who just got hired and still does not have a win under his belt. He's got a chance against the Jazz on Sunday. So it might be him and then Chris Finch, whose team is in second place, but he didn't coach it last year because Mark Dagnall gets robbed on a technicality. It's super weird. I've never been so invested in the state of head coaches of the all-star game before this year. So I think I'm going to go with Steve. Like I, I think like tonight – the reason we won the way we did was because we did lose to Detroit the way we did. Um, and I think, you know, if Mark finishes first in the conference, but finishes second in the all-star, you know, because of a technicality, I think the Thunder will carry that into the playoffs. And hopefully, you know, hopefully we meet Minnesota there, you know, sometime in the playoffs and it, and it becomes yeah. the uh, the battle cry uh, for, for the yeah. team moving forward. Do it for Mark. The good yeah. thing is... <laughs> He's currently the the front runner for coach of the year, so we'll take that at the very least. But Fine. it's disappointing. We're angry. Yeah, guess. I get. I guess if we have to make and have the coach of the year, we'll take it. But, Always the bridesmaid, yeah. never the bride. Anyways, Fine. we're angry over here on topic thunder about Mark Dagnall not being the Grr. potential All Star coach. There's still a chance, like we talked about, if the Rockets beat the Timberwolves on Sunday and we win against the Toronto Raptors, who got smoked tonight by the Rockets then Mark Dagnall will be the head coach. There's no technicalities. We'll have the one seed sole possession of it at that point. But if we both win, we'll be the one seed. Mark won't be the head coach. It sucks. But moving on from that, we can talk about a couple of games that have happened since we were last on the podcast. We faced the Denver Nuggets, and tonight we faced the Charlotte Hornets in a fever dream of a game. 
Uh, we can start with the Denver Nuggets game. It was a weird one where there's no Jada playing in that game. Like almost everybody was on the injured list before going into the game, but almost everybody scary. else ends up playing. It was scary. Uh, Jokic did not play in this game. It was uncomfortable, more uncomfortable than maybe I would have liked it to be, but we made it out with a win. Um, Dole, I'll start with you. What was your single large item for that? Um, I, I guess I was proud of the, the gritty win. Like it, th- we should have won by more. You know, yeah. like like they didn't have Jokic. Like you said, we had a bunch of guys injured. Um, Jalen with his ankle, Joe with his sternum contusion. They were out before the game. Chet and Lou were questionable with ankles, and Shea was questionable with an illness. Yeah, he took he took um, several naps before that game. Yes, he was napping all day. Sounds <laughs> great. I'm I'm just, I'm jealous sometimes of. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to be jealous of the NBA lifestyle. You know, you have the money, the glamour, like the fame, and but the they naps. get naps like every day. <laughs> That's like my my topmost jealousy. And they uh, get they get naps because it helps them in their job. Yeah, like justify uh, like like noble naps. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like like the nap is the topmost priority in the household. Like it's that's great. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, so Shay and Lou and Chet all played. Jokic was out with his back thing, so it's a must-win tiebreaker at stake. We can talk about tiebreakers enough, but the Thunder, you know, just the, the two nights before had had the chance to clinch the tiebreaker against the Wolves. Still have a really solid chance at getting that, but would have been able to clinch it with a win. Instead, it's 2-2, and it comes down to division record and then maybe conference record like it's a whole cascade. Um, Same situation with the Nuggets. Thunder were 2-1, had a chance to clinch it. Jokic out at home. Not even a back-to-back. Like, just had to get it. Had to get the win. And the Nuggets came out, like, hot. Like, they shot really well from three specifically um they you know were really like feisty on defense when without Jokic and they were playing Aaron Gordon at center they were like really long and athletic and switchable which isn't like yeah you know stereotypical nuggets but they like were giving us some real problems with just length and athleticism and so and like the Thunder came out a little, a little sluggish you know it was their 17th game in January it was their 20th game in 34 nights. If you go back to the end of December, which I feel like has to be a record, it was at least since like since they started caring about player rest. Um, and it's one of those games where like if things just go really wrong at the beginning, and it would be really easy to kind of turn it in and just be like, you know, we're exhausted, and you know, it'll still be two-two. We, we could still get the tiebreakers if we blah blah blah, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And especially the bench came in and, like, you know, they really just gritted it out. Chet, Chet was awesome um, after having looked completely exhausted against the Wolves. He was just, like, blocking everything. I swear he had nine blocks and just isn't getting credit for them. But, so I, yeah, I was just really proud of the guys for, like, sticking that one out and managing to get a win because it would have been really easy to let that one get away from him. Yeah, I always feel like – good teams win ugly games. Like you can play an ugly game and get a win and every team's going to have those ugly games. There's not a single team out there that won't at some point have some type of bad loss or like kind of 
not great looking win because it's the NBA. Like I always go back to the 73 and nine Warriors losing to the Lakers who had like 17 wins that season as one of their losses. It happens to everybody. And, you know, we had, we talked about earlier happened with the Pistons where it was a bad loss and losing to the Nuggets without Jokic would have been as bad as that, but it still would have been like, you know, another shot to the chest of like, damn, like what's going on right now? Like clearly the guys are exhausted and it was great to pull out that type of win, even though again, you know, no Jokic, you still got to beat whoever's in front of you in the NBA. And it was gritty. Like you said, I mean, they came out really physical. I felt like all of our shots were getting blocked. I swear they had like 30 blocks in the first quarter. We just couldn't seem to get any offense. There was a lot of end of shot clock grenades. It was gritty to go out there and get that win. I mean, it was 105 to 100. It was a really low scoring game. Shea had a great performance. Chet was great, but not a lot of all around scoring from the team. It took a lot of defense for them to get the job done. And they did exactly that. So. And yeah, was, I mean, not for nothing. The, if the Thunder had lost that game, we'd be sitting in fourth place right now. Yep. We'd lose the tiebreaker to the Clippers, and we'd be in fourth mm-hmm. place. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's all you know. The top four teams are within one game of each other right now. It's like crazy, yeah. whatever at this date. But that's just how thin the margin is, and how important that win was. That we're in first. Mm-hmm. We would be in fourth if we hadn't been able to pull that out. Yeah, just just the, resi- the resiliency of this team is just something that is very it's very astonishing as far as how young they are uh, because, you know, they are one of four teams in the league that haven't yet gone through a three game losing streak, uh, which is very impressive, you know, because you, the, the only, the three other teams that have not gone through three game losing streaks are literally the one and two team in the East and the one and two team in the West. Um, And there's a reason why they're at the top um, because they've been extremely consistent. Um, And so, you know, they had, a ton of excuses to go ahead and just kind of mail it in that game and just be like, look, we have two guys injured. You know, this is the last game of the month in a, in a month that's been ex- extremely tiring. Um, but yet, you know, they went ahead and, and they pulled it out. It was a gritty win. It was a, you know, it was a grind of a game, um, but they won those ugly games. You know, they keep winning these ugly games and those are the games that you're going to win in the playoffs. Those are the games that you're going to see, you know, those those just sloshes of games in the playoffs and, and they keep winning them. And so they're, they're great preparation for for where they're heading. So just, you know, just the resiliency of this team that, that this team shows is, has been something that's very, um, very, awe, you know, awe aspiring, just eye opening. Yeah, it feels like that's kind of the culture of this team. And we saw it last year with like a million double-digit comebacks it felt like all those times we went down big in the first quarter I felt like every night we we're facing a double-digit lead or double-digit deficit in the first quarter and we always found ways to go ahead and battle back yeah it just feels like that's kind of the identity of the team at this point uh alex what was your single large item from this game uh so i mean just kind of like borrowing off of that you know resiliency mm-hmm. uh theme it's just chet chet holmgren man like like you said the game before that you know against the i guess it was the pistons game he looked completely spent like i mean hell half of this month he's looked like he's been walking around he, he, like a like a walking zombie out there sometimes um and I feel like it is like every other game <laughs> yeah it, it, it literally is and you know what again i i don't fault him for that like he's literally played in every game this season and he's playing like you know 28 30 minutes a night um and for a guy that number one didn't play a game last season number two is coming in from college where you played 30 games for an entire season basically um that's been something that, you know, that we've been saying, hey, Chet's hitting a rookie wall, Chet's hitting the, hitting the rookie wall. And so he may not be consistently playing great for every game that he plays. Uh, but the fact that he can have, you know, a couple games like he did against the Pistons, against the, the Timberwolves before that, and then come back 
when we really needed him to, you know, when we really needed, you know, a guy to come in and, and Jokic is out and basically Denver does not have any centers in that game and just dominate the way he did, you know, 18 points, 13 rebounds, five blocks um, is exactly what we needed. You know, Shea did his thing. He, you know, he did what he always does, but we needed that extra kick, especially with J-Dub out. And Chet provided that, man. Chet was very instrumental in that. And then, you know, he hit the get, you know, the not the game winning, but the go-ahead three-pointer with, you know, a couple of seconds left off of that scramble from Giddy. And it was just, you know, it was just it, it was very impressive to see that and to see him constantly battling. Like he's a hooper, man. It feels like he's got that clutch gene. Really, almost everybody in this roster feels like mm-hmm. they kind of have that. Like you think about the Warriors three that he hit turning around a couple huge blocks on the stretch of games, big time shots um, against the Warriors in the overtime game. You know, the play which got like the, the, the new pizza rolls meme out there. This three it feels like every time we need Chet to take a big shot, he hits it or he makes a big time defensive play. Chet is clutch in those moments and That's having him be able times. to do that. Yeah, clutch tip slams, Shea. Well, I think there was one game. I think it was against the Hawks, maybe, like the first game we played them where he had that clutch slam to go ahead and close the door. Maybe it was against Cleveland one of those times early in the season. Mm-hmm. But, like, he does that. Shea does that. Dub is one of the most – I think he still is the most efficient clutch scorer in the league. We know he's a great fourth-quarter player. It's rare that you have a team that has this many guys that perform in those moments. And, what again, we talk about the playoffs going forward. We need guys to be able to do that because those are going to be the brightest lights, a big stage – and that's part of why people talk about the lack of experience. It's probably going to factor in a bit, but I'm not really that afraid for this team because they've shown, and you know, the playoffs are a different monster, but so far through all these games that they've played, you know, the playing game against the Pelicans where they look completely poised. They weren't worried at all. These clutch time games where Chet's hitting big threes on the road against the Golden State Warriors, a turnaround three to send the game to overtime. As a rookie, it's ridiculous. These guys are kind of built for this moment, and that's part of the resiliency, like you mentioned, Alex, that I think we've been building over these past few seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Chet's he's so clutch in those moments. And I'll add, like, not only is he hitting the rookie wall because it's now almost 150% as many games as he's ever played in a season yeah. in his life. Like this is, He's played 49 now. Um with this way the schedule was in January, like a lot of NBA veterans would be hitting a wall in that, mm-hmm. you know, like he, not only is he passing his rookie wall, but it's kind of, it's like a double rookie wall or something like, and he, you know, like, yeah, he's looked sketchy in some games. It's been obvious that like all his shots are short and like, you can just, you can just see some of the games. Like the first one I remember seeing this was that Atlanta game where they got in at like 5 a.m. And from tip, it was just like, uh, Chet's pretty slow out there. <laughs> like, he just, you can just tell. But it, he's fought through it and, yeah, hasn't missed a game. I think, honestly, I think there's like a, I think there's a goal in the organization. Like, if he, if he's not like hurt, let's try to get him all to 82 to completely, you know, remove this injury stigma or whatever. Um, so I think they're going to try to do it. But like, you look forward now. Now the Thunder just had a day off and then played the Hornets and then they have another day off and then they play Toronto and then another day off and they play Utah. No back-to-backs, three days off, and then it's just three games left to the All-Star break. Like, he made it, okay? Like, he there's there's another back-to-back before the All-Star break, but it's after a long break. Like, he made it. So time to recharge the batteries and, like, attack the last 
it's really like 34 percent of the season or something mm-hmm. like that after the all-star break like it's not halfway we're two-thirds of the, we'll be two-thirds of the way through so mm-hmm. like I, it's just so exciting to get we're i mean we're in first place like we got through yeah. the hell month and we're sitting in first place i could not have i could not have hoped for any better than that i truly yeah, i truly much- hope uh, just kind of like kind of piggybacking off of what of what Dolan said. I truly hope that the NBA looks at what we went through and what a lot of teams went through, but I think we went through it worse. Um, and kind of, you know, figures out what to do. Like, okay, the in season tournament, it's a, it was a great experiment. It's going to continue on for the foreseeable future. Um, but you cannot be having teams playing, you know, seventeen games in a month, five back to backs, you know two stretches in a month of five games and seven nights. Like you can't be doing that uh, to a team and then expect them to be healthy come playoff time. So um, well, I hope the, the NBA kind of learns from this and kind of fixes it as, you know, as they progress forward. Yeah. I mean, I hope so too, but like we played 17 games last March, you know, like it's rare. Dallas had a month like that last season. And I just know that yeah. because like we did it. And so I was like, did anybody else have to do this? But and I'm pretty sure they did it to us in March because they were like, these guys are going to be tanking. They're going to appreciate it. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, crap. No, we actually want to win these games. And now we're exhausted. Dead dog tired. Awful. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, yeah, I hope they fix it, too. But it ha- it's not just because of the in-season tournament. I mean, it happened without it as well. Yeah, but I don't think you had like the, the five back-to-backs. I don't think there's any other way to fit 17 games in a month. No, there might not be. <laughs> like, there I literally think yeah, you have to true. set them up just perfectly to do that <laughs> without that's, doing a yeah. four and five or whatever, which, which they removed. For yeah. yeah, a lot of schedule shenanigans, it feels like, with the team. And the good thing about Chet is even though the offense has been the big thing that's taken a dip, the defense has still been really good. Like, the team defense yeah. as a whole, I feel like, has regressed a little bit as of late as we've been tired in some of these games. Like, you could see it against the Pistons, for example. But Chet is still been a phenomenal defender. And he's being asked in his first ever professional season after not playing for a full year last year to come out here every night in a hell month like this and play against like the Jokic's and Embiid's and these big bruising centers as a guy who is thinner, even though he holds his own. Like he's taking huge bumps every single night falling down. He continuously attacks the basket, you know, spin moves, falls to the ground as he's finishing through contact. He gets hit a lot. There was one moment in tonight's game that we'll talk about in a moment that kind of scared me. The one where he kind of like tripped over the ball where he went to Mm -hmm. dribble it and just stepped on it. And I was really worried for a moment. I was like, please don't have just rolled your ankle. Thankfully, Chet was okay. And he's, again, played every game so far. So he he was bound to have some moments. Everybody hits a rookie wall in some way or another. You know, it's not like, you know, with Wemby, he's resting some games. He's on a minutes limit. Chet's out there for like 34, five minutes a night. It feels like a lot of times, like he's playing a lot mm. and he's battling through that. So we appreciate Chet for that. It is, uh, and to go Mark and wrap it up. Clearly, sorry, Mark is clearly conscious of it. Like mm-hmm. there are some games where you can see that he just like doesn't have it. And Mark kind of he pulls, pulls him a little bit. Yeah. Like there was that Houston game and then um, well, the, the Detroit game. Like he just kind of barely played in the second half in those two. Um, so they're trying to get him into all 82, I think, but if he like clearly doesn't have it, they're willing to yank him. And I mean, I'm, I mean I'm we're okay. probably not going to win that game, but I'm okay with him playing 81 and us, you know, doing the whole, Hey, we've already clinched our spot. Have at it yeah, 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 yeah. in the 82nd okay. game. Yeah. That Poku game winner in game 82 yeah. is going to go crazy. <laughs> 
but moving from that, my single large item for this game that I want to talk about, uh, I know Dolan alluded to the bench a little bit earlier. A lot of guys on the bench played pretty well. Wiggins has been great as he's getting more minutes. Uh, he had 12 points in this one, four boards, two assists, five of eight shooting. Jay Will has been fantastic as of late, getting way more blocks than he usually does. But the guy I want to really give a shout to is Vasily Micic. In this game, 12 points, which is his career high up to this point. Uh, four of eight shooting from the field, three of five from the line, two rebounds, five dimes, which it feel, felt like he had so many more out there. Probably had a couple of like, you know, one more pass type of dimes where he had an amazing pass and someone just swung it to someone else. But he was incredible in the minutes that he played in that Nuggets game. You know, only 17 minutes, plus 14 in those minutes. The scoring was there. He was attacking well off the bounce. Knocked down that shot clock grenade three that he had towards the end of that one possession, which shout to Wiggins for keeping his poise. There was like two seconds left, and he calmly swung it over to him, and he knocked that down. When he got trapped over in the corner, you had the a couple of crazy passes to Wiggins in particular. Like, they had some chemistry going on. He's just been great for us off the bench. He's been getting more minutes. He's really reliable as another playmaker coming off the bench, gives us some spacing. He's gotten more confident. It feels like attacking off the bounce and just giving us more of a presence inside. And with his playmaking, his ability to pass out to our shooters, it's huge. And his defense has also held up really well. Like I've been very, very impressed with the way he's defended so far. He's been smart on that end. Um, you know, isn't going to get any blocks or steals really, but he's going to use his body well. And at the very least, you know, he's not going to let guys blow past him, which has been cool. So shout to Vasa for playing the best game of his career so far in that Nuggets game. We needed somebody to go out there and give us some more offensive production. And he was huge in those bench minutes. Yeah, on, on defense, I mean, he's pretty big for a guard yeah. and mm -hmm. he's stout, you know, so that helps. If you're in the right place and you're stout, you can go a long way with that. Um, I feel like he's trying to, he's starting to figure out what his disadvantages are athletically mm -hmm. and that anytime he goes in the paint or like attacks or like has a defender near him, he needs to bring like maximum craftiness to that moment. Yeah. <laughs> like he thought he could get away with like medium craftiness. He has to like pull out all the tricks. He I like the one where the, he, he has to, use the, uh, you remember, you remember in, in uh street fighter, the, uh, the, Indian fighters, uh, Sagat or Dalsim, okay. Dalsim. Yeah, and he yeah, had yeah. the move where, like, he had to like kick up and put his leg up, like, kind of do like a, a knee kick, like that. Uh -huh. You know, he had to okay, do that when yeah, he drives the lane to create that separation. Yeah, yeah, he does. He goes right at him and then like hits the brakes. Mm -hmm. I said we should call it the Euro stop because he like <laughs> he does his two steps, but they're like backwards almost. Even <laughs> like like he pulled out a lawn chair and sat down. Um, uh, yeah, I really like that move, but yeah, it's just it's his his sense of urgency has gone up the more minutes he's played and realized he doesn't have like an advantage. He he's the prey, he's the hunter, yeah. not the hunter. So like he's starting to adjust to that. Shout out to the thirty year old rookie. Okay, we can go ahead and move on now to the. Also, by the way, his post game interview was hilarious. Him being around all those guys and then <laughs> hyping him up, and he's like so confused, like what do I do or say? And this they're like so professionally, yeah, crossed. Like I wonder, I wonder if it's one of those situations where like his mother, you know, calls him after every game, and he's like, "Mama, I did good, but they were barking at me. I don't know what's going on." <laughs> Shout out to Vasa. Uh, but okay, we had another game tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, destroyed them 126 to 106, and that makes it look like a closer game than it really was. Uh, we were by 30 pretty comfortably for a lot of this game. Uh, first quarter, we were up by 20, leaving it up by 31 at halftime. Just kind of annihilated the Charlotte Hornets. No Lamella ball for them in this game. So 
um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to talk about because there were a lot, everyone on the roster except Davis Bertans showed up, which is weird that he was the only guy that didn't play. I wonder if that hints, that's what I was going to say. I want, <laughs> that is one thing that's interesting to me as potentially hinting towards a trade using his contract as we get towards the trade deadline. But Alex, we'll go and start with you. What was your single large item for this one? Um, Just, I mean, just the, I think I alluded to it, but just the fact that the team came into this game knowing that, knowing the job they had to do in front of them. You know, I, I think after the game, I think it was Lou that said, um, we didn't play to their record. Um, you know, and 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 the and the term that's always used is a uh, what is it? Every zero zero, zero, zero mindset, maybe. Yeah. yeah, zero zero mindset. And you know, he used that, and and and, it, and they came out and they did that. Like one of the big things that somebody said before the game was, you know, hey, you know, we lost to Detroit, and you know, they came out this Kenridge. game, Kenridge. Yeah, they came out this game, and they. From the from the outset, you know, this was I think I heard Nick Galler, Nick Galler or, or one of the announcers say that this was the fifth game that they won wire to wire. They came out with a mission. Um, they came out not wanting to play any games, and they did that. You know, from the beginning, you know, they, they were out to like a seven zero start, five zero start, um, and it was just you know it was just business as usual. And they accomplished their mission and they move on to the next game. Like this is. This is again, this is what constantly amazes me about this team is they're so young, third youngest team, second youngest team, depending on who you ask. Um, and they approach games with a maturity of a veteran team, a hungry veteran team, not not you know, not not the Lakers, not the you know, not the Thunder of the past who would, you know, who would who would play down to their opponent. Um, but they actually come into these games and they have a mission in mind. And they accomplished, they set out to accomplish that mission as they, you know, as they play the game. So I just thought that was very impressive. Like, you know, they, they knew what they had coming in. They were very um, truthful with themselves and they accomplished what they set out to do. Yeah, it was reminiscent of the beginning of the season when it felt like every time we played a bad team, we annihilated them. Mm -hmm. And I tweeted out at one point, like, it's nice that this Thunder team doesn't seem to really play around. They play a team that's worse than them. They destroyed them. And we saw that against the Blazers when we won by 62 points. The only real example I think that we didn't really see of them, and there have been a couple of times like the Brooklyn Nets loss to the Atlanta Hawks we lost, and we got, you know, they were beating us pretty comfortably for most of that game until the late comeback in the fourth. But this was another example of one of those games. You know, I think we did see the Pistons game where like, okay, we need to go out there and just step on their throat. No slow starts or anything like that. Destroyed them, like you said, wire to wire. And it was it was very nice. I tweeted this out. It was nice to have a non-stressful Thunder game for what felt like the first time like since that Blazers game, potentially, it has been a little while. It feels like. Yeah, it's one of the things. One of the things about a young team is learning how to play as the hunted. Like the mm -hmm. Thunder for the last two to three seasons have been the hunters. They've always been the usually the underdogs. They, they've always been the, the team that you know is is looking to to surprise the opponent. Now they're getting everybody else's best shot. You know, no longer are they just, you know, the, you know, a team out there in the NBA. Now they're one of the best teams in the NBA. And so to a team like the Pistons, to a team like, you know, the Charlotte Hornets, this is their Super Bowl. This is their NBA finals. And so if they can get a win against, you know, us, they can, you know, put that feather in their cap and, and move forward from there. Um, and so learning how to play as the hunted is one of, you know, one of the skills that young teams that are coming up have to learn how to do. 
Yeah, and it's it's been impressive for majority of the season. Just unfortunately, you know, the Pistons game pops up, but Damn we put them away tonight. And the Hornets have been actually been worse than the Pistons as of late, and it, it looked like it tonight. It was rough out there. I know they didn't have Lamelo Ball, but even still, it was it was rough. Uh, Probably, Dolan, yeah. what was sure, your single item for the game? Yeah, uh, man, I have a lot of items, but I mean, so just. I'll rattle some off. Go here. ahead, like man. The, go ahead. The Hornets go shot forty-five percent from three. Cook, Dylan Cook. Like they shot forty-five percent from three, and still we killed them. Um, for because because they were twenty-seven for sixty-two from two, which is very bad. Uh, I thought Casein Wallace was awesome. Like just mm-hmm. on defense, getting he a was. hand on everything, especially in the first half, it was crazy. Um, the Thunder won the rebounding battle by nine. What? Um, Look at us. But my my single large item, I think, and this is kind of a weird one, maybe or, or kind of minor. I feel like Lou Dort is kind of getting his groove back. Um, he went two for three from three in this game. He also hit a step back, like deep midi, um, where Miles Bridges thought he pushed off, but whatever. Yeah, um, and then like, but going back even to the end of the Denver game where he hit a big three. And then he also hit that one sidestepping from the corner that they took away because he stepped out of bounds. But he hit that one and like was showboating after, like waving at their bench and stuff. So I don't know. He went through a terrible slump. And but I just feel like his confidence is starting to come back over the course of the last two games, which would be huge for the Thunder. Like we can't have between him and Giddy, or even just him, if he's the only one out there, we can't have an extra guy that the defense can ignore with impunity. Mm-hmm. So him getting his confidence back and like, I feel like you can tell when he doesn't have it. There's something about the timing of his jump shot, like his legs straighten too early or something. It does feel like you can like see <laughs> yes. if Lou takes a jumper, you're like, that's going in or that's not, or he's just off yeah. tonight. It's, I think it's just about like his upper body and his lower body being connected and timing. Like if he doesn't have it, his legs straighten and then his upper body's like, okay, now I go. And th- these last two games or this last game and a half, I feel like he had it more. It looked smoother. It looked more confident. And that would just, that would be huge for the rest of the season if he can maintain it. But even if it's just this little spurt to the all-star break, if he can get it together, it'll be big. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to give him a shout out for that Nuggets game. This is something else I meant to mention, but his defense has been, you know, especially in that Nuggets game, it was some of the best defense I think he's played all season. You know, he's always been a good defender, but he was lights out in that Nuggets game. Every time someone went at him, he was incredibly physical, slowing guys down, just guy, you know, denying the ball. People weren't even trying to shoot on him. He was incredible out there, like legitimately. And then tonight, the whole defense was really good, especially in that first quarter. It felt like we, I checked the stat sheet and we only had, I think, five steals at that point. It felt like we had like 30. I swear every time they were turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Dolan, you're muted, by the way. I was just saying that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that was only yeah. that many steals. Um, by the while we're talking about steals, that just made me think. Like Shea had, he almost had a five by five in three quarters. That's amazing. It was crazy. He wasn't even that Shea far put up the, the first thirty-one. Half. Yeah, I think he had the the downstream bits of it, like in the first half. But he ended up with thirty-one nine, three rebounds. Five steals, yeah, five and steals. three blocks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I got the steals and blocks right there, but you did yeah. Thir- thirty-one, nine, three, five, and three in three quarters. 
Like, if the Hornets had been able to keep it reasonably close, although he probably wouldn't have had that many steals and blocks <laughs> in a scenario where they're able to keep it close. But if if they could have forced him to play the fourth quarter, we could have seen like a 40-point 5 by 5 or something like that, which is would have been like on the Mount Rushmore of performances in Thunder history. Like just Mount Rushmore performances in the league right there. I know, seriously. That would have looked great on the MVP resume. Mm-hmm. But alas, it was not to be. But still, what a what a performance. You could just see it early. Like he was getting I think he blocked their first shot attempt or their second. And mm-hmm. like he blocked it out of bounds. And then when they tried to inbound it, he he got a deflection and went to Chet. I don't know if that counted as a steal for him or not, but like immediately, instantly at the start of the game, you could just see his hands everywhere. It yeah. was great. Yeah, I mean, he could have even had, if he played that fourth quarter, because he ended up with nine assists, he could have had a double-double, five-by-five, 40-point game, like all these different things all at once. And he finished at the end of the first half. He was he had all five steals. He was only three rebounds and three blocks away, I believe, or two rebounds and three blocks away from a five-by-five in the first half, which is, I'm sorry, other way around? Yeah, other way around. Three rebounds, two blocks. He was close at the end of the first half. Like, he was on pace. It just he didn't have to play in the fourth quarter, which yeah. is it's good that we don't have to, you know, use Shea in the fourth quarter against it's the Hornets. Good. But it would have been really fun. I can't lie. Uh, might have might have helped move him up to first place because today he moved up to second place in the MVP ladder. Uh, Joel Embiid, you know, the injury news is circulating mm-hmm. around him. We don't know what is going to happen with him. Meniscus. I think at the very least he'll like, miss the games needed to qualify for MVP. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At yeah. Embiid least. is probably not going to be in qualification. Um, so it seems like it's probably going to go down to Jokic and Shea, which we'll see how it goes. I think if we land the one seed, Shea keeps playing like this. He's got a pretty good shot, but mm-hmm. you know, what, one thing at a time, one thing at a time. First thing we have to focus on is getting Mark coach of the year and <laughs> head coach of the all-star game. The NBA yeah. is trying to steal that from us already. So, Outrage. um, um I'm sorry. I sidetracked it with Shea, but bef- to, to wrap up Lou, before we go to your single large item, Connor, mm-hmm. he is like, we have our issues again. We will have our issues against Denver. I know we're three and one, two and one with Jokic. That's great. Obviously, he's still Nikola Jokic. He's going to present a major problem if we put, play them in the playoffs. But what does give me a measure of confidence against the Nuggets is that Lou does a great job on Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. He always he does. has. Yeah, he gives them a like, hell. He makes of a his time. life hell. It's so that that is like if you can really make his life difficult, then it just becomes like staying home on shooters. Not not letting Michael Porter like make six threes in a game, and then like mm. I don't know like if you can make if you can make it so Nikola Jokic has to score forty five to beat you like that's mm-hmm. a win. You take so, away his playmaking ability gives me some confidence. Yeah, there's that whole um, like narrative surrounding Jamal Murray that at this point he's like an elite game player like against the bad teams he's whatever, and then against the good teams he just yeah. goes berserk for some reason. But Lou Dort seems to counter that, which is great. He really has done a great job on Jamal Murray, it always feels like. Um, for me, I don't really know what else to go over with a single large item. I guess I could just talk about the, all the random guys that ended up playing. Uh, you know, Olivier Saar, Poku, gets in and banks one. in a three. Poku bank shot, baby. I got to pick one. Okay, yeah, my single large item is the single Poku bank shot three. Yes. Towards the end of the game. Thank you, Chef. Uh, yeah, fantastic, ba- fantastic bank shot. Might be Poku's last shot as a Thunder. I guess we'll mm-hmm. wait and see. But if it was, it was a glorious one. We appreciate that. Um, you know, Uwe's played well. Dylan's guy's not on here to talk about him, but played 20 minutes, 11 points, two boards, four dimes, 
four or five from the field. He was really solid. Cambridge Williams was solid. Wiggins continues to save basketball. He's great every time he plays. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So looking at some of these plus minuses too, Shea plus 34, Jay Will plus 29. I feel like he's been really, really good recently. Like this is the best stretch that we've probably ever seen from him recently. And yeah, the Thunder, the Thunder just clicked in this game, gave us a non-stressful win, which hasn't always been the case recently, but we'll take it. So not much else to say. I'm going to wrap up with, he didn't play in this game, but put Isaiah Joe in the three-point contest, please NBA. That one, if we don't get that or Marcus, the coach of the All-Star game, I will be leaving a strongly worded letter on the door of the league office in Secaucus. <laughs> I'll be very upset. Nail, uh, it okay, to the, nail it to the door like uh, Martin Luther starting the Reformation. Like This yeah. cannot stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will be my historic event is my anger yes. towards them for snubbing <laughs> Isaiah Joe and Mark Dagnall in the 2024 NBA season. But people very, will very not be st- snubbed. <laughs> we will not let it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that's all we've got for the games. Uh, big news that happened in the league. Two Thunder Legends being swapped. Uh, the Houston Rockets traded Victor Oladipo and three second round picks to the Houston Rockets or over to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for Steven Adams. It's a bit of a weird trade in the moment for or going forward, I guess, for Memphis because they he was their big man. I guess maybe they see Jaron at the yeah. five as a potential thing, but I don't necessarily love that as a fit for him. I like him better as the four there. I guess we'll have to wait and see what their game plan is. Cause they've got a full off season. This year is cooked. And then the Rockets pick mm-hmm. up a solid backup big and Stephen Adams who gives them some physicality and all the reports coming out of the NBA right now, specifically pertaining to the Rockets is that Ime Odoka wants them to do whatever they need to do to make the playoffs. Like he is dying to make the playoffs. It seems like from everything that we're reading in the rumors, whether that means trading for a star and they're willing to give up like a Jalen green or something like that. Whether that means, you know, bringing in Steven Adams, I guess, for current veteran leadership, even though he's not going to play this season. The Rockets seem very playoff hungry. I don't think they're going to make it, but it seems like at the deadline, they might be trying to make that push. So I don't know if you all have any other thoughts on this blockbuster trade that is one of the deals of all time. But I mean, it at this point, it just seems it seems like Steven Adams, like, you know, we love the guy, um, but mm-hmm. he's a 30 year old now. You remember for so long, it was like, you know, this guy is under 26 years old. He's under 26 years old. He's he's a 30, what is he, 31, 32, I think. Um, and I think he's 31. Chron- yeah, 31, chronic knee injuries. Um, it's been I could two see years, two calendar years since he played. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I, I could see a good scenario <clears throat> where he comes back and he provides veteran leadership for that team. But honestly, I, looking at the Rockets, like the writing's on the wall. I don't know if they're going to, like Jalen Green, I don't know if they're going to, to extend him i think they may try to trade him um before they have to extend him um and so i could definitely see a scenario where you know this is this is beautiful man to me this is beautiful because it just yeah no, i i saw that man uh, earthquake in okc and tulsa felt it nice um i could definitely see a scenario where houston is literally you know blowing the entire load right now and in two years time in 2026 whenever we still have one of their you know 2020 one of their top four picks um that we we get something good out of it you know because it seems like we're on our way to getting a lotto pick this year so i mean once again it's houston they don't know what the hell they're doing so love it it annoys me it annoys me uh i don't have like just relationship with like rockets fans that some thunder fans have I don't have nothing against them, but we have their picks for the next two years. 
So I'm obligated to root against them for the next two years, which means I'm obligated to root against Steven Adams. And that just annoys me greatly because I love the guy. Have you seen I, your avatar? I have. Have I seen my avatar? <laughs> I <laughs> agree with where you started, though, Alex. Like, why? I don't understand why Memphis, like, they were awesome with him mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he was John Morant's buddy, man. John Morant's buddy. Like, it makes no sense that they wouldn't want to keep him around. It's not even like a bad contract. It just makes me very concerned for his knee, honestly. Yeah. Like that's that's my big thought is like what do what do they know about his knee that they really just don't expect him to be the same. Yeah, to be the same. And why and why would Houston think otherwise, I guess. Although I see a benefit for Houston, like even if even if he can't play, like they've just basically extended the Victor Oladipo expire expiring contract for some second round picks so like i get it for them regardless and if he can play then great he's a great backup and if he can't then they have another victor oladipo so i get it for them i just don't know why memphis would not want to keep him yeah it makes me feel like there's something up with the knee maybe they've got another deal that they're looking at going forward and wanted to switch something up you know they've got a full offseason this year is over for the grizzlies they're not going to make the playoffs John Morant's out for the year. Desmond Bain's injured. I feel like they might shut him down. So I get it. But then, yeah, they do need to figure out who is this next big man because you saw a lot like in the playoffs this past year when they were without Steven Adams. They were as a big, in addition to Brandon Clark, but mainly Steven Adams, like his screening is huge for their half-court offense. They need that type of guy, especially for John Morant to set things up. So I don't know. I'm not really sure. Shout out to our guy, Matty Double Dribbles. <laughs> we wish you were here as part of the podcast lineup. And yeah, I think that's all about that blockbuster deal. And I guess we can kind of finish things off with the all-stars. Yeah, blockbuster. (laughs) All-star rosters were announced. uh, Reserves were announced yesterday on Thursday. We've known about the starters for a little week or a week. I don't want to say a little week, but (laughs) we knew there probably wasn't going to be any other Thunder guys on the all-star roster. It seemed pretty unlikely. There isn't anyone else. It's just Shea as an all-star starter. Uh, over in the Western Conference. Dylan, do you have the All-Star list pulled up? Yeah. Or- so, as we know, starters, LeBron, Jokic, Durant, Doncic, Shea. And then the reserves that they announced, Steph Curry and Anthony Edwards, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Devin Booker, and then the two wild cards, Paul George, and the one that I think turned a lot of heads, Carl Anthony Towns picking up the last spot. No mm-hmm. Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, no kings no rockets one thunder and then i i i personally i mean when we made our predictions i predicted gobert as the second wolf so yeah like i think not only it being another wolf and zero kings shocked a lot of people but it being cat instead of gobert was pretty surprising yeah i mean yeah like you get you're the number one you know you're the number one or number two seed in the west Depending yeah. on the tiebreakers, exactly. I, I think you know. Yep. I think there mm-hmm. is a deservedness to maybe Cat and Ant getting it. I at the beginning of the season, I really, I was, I really thought Gobert would be the one because he was playing amazing defensively and he was, you know, holding his own offensively. Um, as the season has progressed, I do see Cat as you know as probably the the bigger guiding force uh, for them uh, moving forward. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I thought it was 
I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm not arguing against that. Yeah, and to me, really, just the biggest thing is the lack of kings on the roster. That feels absurd when mm-hmm. Sabonis is having a ridiculous season. Fox has been fantastic. They're the five seed in the West at the moment, and they're two and zero against us. Like that, that should yeah. be enough yeah. just and to that, get somebody in. Exactly. The Kings are the Kings are really good. Both those guys are amazing. I understand having Cat and Cat's putting up a near 50, 40, 90 season. Their second leading scorer, playing some great defense. Gobert could have been on there. Like he's playing at a, he is the deep boy. I was gonna say playing at a deep boy level, but he is the deep boy at the moment. I don't know. I just would have really liked to see a king. I think Fox or Sabonis probably should have been on there than you know, maybe Cat, maybe even Paul George, even though I did have him as one of my picks. But I think there probably should have been a king on the roster. That's my main gripe with it. Everything else is, you know, it's just I chalk it up to the Western Conference being stacked with all-star caliber talents, which does make things tough going forward for Chet and Dub to make all-star games. Backcourt particularly is stacked. Front court also has a lot of talent, though, between the guys that made it. You know, no Shengun, no Wemby, who's probably going to end up being on there next year. There's no um, Rudy Gobert, who's always a force to go ahead and make it. No Larry Markinen either, who probably could have been in that conversation too. It's just stacked. Like the Eastern Conference, I would feel pretty good about – I might have felt good about one of those guys making it this year if we were out East, but the West is just – it's a lot tougher. So we're going to have to wait and see, but – I know a lot of Thunder fans were upset. It's just a really stacked conference in terms of talent. I'm someone who thinks they should expand the rosters a little bit, but I don't know if they're For any sure. closer to doing that. So. At least at least 13, because even the active roster in the NBA is 13. I think it should be extend, ex- expanded to uh, to 15. But that's I'm a 15 me. guy as well. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate, uh, but we'll see. Okay. Eastern Conference? Who cares? But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, starters, Giannis, Tatum, Embiid, Halliburton, Lillard. And then the bench is Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, Julius Randle, Tyrese Maxey, and Paolo Bancaro. Um, I think Paolo was the one, like the most controversial one. If mm-hmm. A lot of people thought there needed to be another Celtic, maybe. And so it was like, okay, well, who would you take off? Most people would say Paolo. Um, Jimmy Butler, I think the other candidate there, just based on games missed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, Trey I think Young. pretty solid. I do think like, yeah, Trey, Trey Young would have been the other candidate to, to make it. And we should say that there are, I think, two confirmed already injury um, mm-hmm. people who are going to miss for injuries. Julius Randle. And Joel Embiid will not be playing, so two more will make it. Um, I think Trey Young is the obvious. There was kind of a minor outcry from stat nerds um, when he didn't make it, despite their bad mm-hmm. record. Um, and then probably another Celtic, probably Porzingis, I guess, would get added. Yeah, it could be him. Scotty Barnes, I could see potentially Scotty making Barnes. it too yeah. with what he's doing. Yeah, it'll probably be Bam and Abai will probably slot into the starting lineup there over Embiid. You'll have... Um, Probably one of those guys, Trey Young and someone else, whether it's Scotty Porzingis. I could see Derek White making it potentially. That's another guy that I know a bunch of advanced stat people. And like I know Reggie Miller in particular was really pushing for it, JJ Redick. So maybe he could get a little bit of love there. But outside of those guys, I think that's the Eastern Conference. They did a pretty good job beyond like Trey Young missing, which I had him on my roster. I would like to see him play. To be honest, I think Dame probably should have, if we're just talking purely off stats and how they've been playing this season. I know that the Bucks are really good and he's got a lot of fan support because he made it as a starter, but 
I probably wouldn't even have Dame on my roster. He just hasn't been great so far this season. So, um, yeah, that's probably like my only thing there. I would have had like Donovan Mitchell or Brunson start, but I think overall they did a pretty good job in the Eastern Conference. West definitely has more controversial guys not making it. East, it just really seems like people are mad that Trey Young isn't on there, which makes sense. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, with all that being said, uh, is there anything else we want to go over? I know there were like some trade rumor stuff, but I feel like we've talked about a lot of different things going on at the moment. Uh, there are a couple of trades. I know, Dolan, that you mentioned there being in the chat. If we want to go over those real quick, I know we're getting close to an hour. Uh, Just do deal you or know no what? deal. Let's save them. Yeah. Uh, let's oh, save them. Tuesday? Yeah, we'll have another pod before the trade deadline. Maybe we can. We okay. have three decent ones now. Maybe we can come with more and do a whole do a whole thing. Sounds good. Okay, cool. All right, so next podcast, we'll talk about trade deadline stuff because that's on Tuesday, right? Trade deadline is uh, it's Thursday. Tuesday. So I meant the podcast. The podcast will be Tuesday, yeah. right? Podcast okay, will be pod Tuesday. Tuesday and then trade deadline Thursday. So it'll be a couple of days beforehand. We'll talk about that. You know, if the Thunder make a trade, sure, there'll be like an emergency pod or something like that. Um, but yeah, coming up here next, we have the Raptors game that apparently we need to win and we need another loss to get Mark in as the mm. all-star head coach. Hey, I'm so just, I'm just, game. I'm just waiting for the uh, Cam Whitmore thirty to forty point explosion. <sighs> we need it. Yeah, Cam, he's been ridiculous. Us, he is our savior. Do it for Mark Cam. Do it for Let's Mark go, Diego. Cam. <laughs> um, I will say so so Sunday, Sunday against the Raptors, who we all know, like that's where Chase from. So yeah, that's all. He always he always tries to show up and play really well against the Raptors. And the Thunder will be wearing their awesome navy blue jerseys that they almost never wear. Oh, they will. So. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I believe also the debut of the court for those jerseys, oh. which we have. I think this will yet. be the second time. I think we played in. Have we seen we it? the court against the Spurs? I think it's the Spurs. Okay. The yeah, you're right. Time. You're right. right. One time. Okay. Well, sorry, but still, cool jerseys, cool court. <laughs> Shea will be good. I, It'll be a great game. I wish we used the cool stuff more. That would be cool. I know. They, need, they need to just lean into it, into the navy blue and orange aesthetic. I don't know why cool. we don't use navy more. It feels like so yeah. obvious that we would use navy blue more, but we just don't. That's like to oh, me, you know, funny. Dylan has the whole thing with yellow. Like Dylan really wants to see us use yellow more. For me, it's navy blue. I don't know why we don't go with navy mm-hmm. blue a little bit more than we do. Um, so coming up in the schedule leading into the All-Star break, it is the Raptor Sunday, the Jazz Tuesday, February 6th. The Mavericks on Saturday, so we have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off. We have three days of rest. Mm. We have the Kings, though, on the second half of a back-to-back. We always seem to play the Kings in one of those scenarios. This one will be in Oklahoma City. So that's going to be such a weird game. On our side recently. Yeah, because yeah. that's a Super Bowl game. Super, that's Super Bowl and Sunday the Mavs, at 3 p.m. That, the, yeah. Both sides of that back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday are, the, are weird like 2 p.m. Central tip-offs oh really those afternoon games are also yeah. always really weird like there's something yeah. weird about those the detroit game games was an the afternoon game, so. yeah exactly so that's uh, nap time yeah. that's why that's, that's <laughs> their normal nap <laughs> yeah time. we should we should be napping shay should be napping <laughs> and instead we're forcing him to play basketball and then we have one final game going into the break on tuesday against the orlando magic and to wrap up the month of february coming out of the all-star break nine days later we've got the clippers the Wizards the next day, the Rockets on February 25th and 27th, two games against them, one at home, one away. And then February 29th on the leap day against the San Antonio Spurs, much lighter month than we've had, mm-hmm. you know, over the past month, which by the way, uh, Dolan, what was the record you said? 11 and six over the month of January, despite yeah. all these back-to-backs and the crowdedness of it and how tough it was. 
and we make it out as the one seed. So we'll definitely take that as this hellish month for us. Going to February, things seem a lot lighter. Also, I saw a stat like a couple minutes ago that popped up on my timeline as we were recording this. I think Shea's shooting like 40% from three since the beginning of January, if I saw the stat correctly, which is cool. So that's another cool thing about January. Mm. But yeah, excited for February coming up here. Let's see. We've got one, two, three, four, five games oh, left man. until the All-Star break. Um, 11 games in February, five games until the All-Star break. Record predictions, I guess, we could do going into the All-Star break. Raptors, Jazz, Mavericks, Kings, Magic. How do we play in the next five games going into it? Um, I just I have to assume they're tired until we get to that three-day break. Mm-hmm. So, like, as much as I hate I, – I guess I'll predict, like, four and two when I games. think it should be. Is it five games? Okay, then I'll predict three and – two where i think it should be a four and one or maybe even a five and oh um just Mm. because i feel like one of these games they're gonna lay an egg Mm -hmm. um you know the the utah game is actually kind of huge the the thunder in a great position with tiebreakers against the uh division opponents the nuggets and the wolves because well, they 3-1 they the Nuggets, so they have that one. It's 2-2 with the Wolves, and then goes the division record. So if the Thunder can just run the table against the Jazz and the Blazers, they're going to be in a great position to have the tiebreaker against whoever they end up tied with. Mm-hmm. So these ja- these there's two Jazz games remaining. This is the first, obviously. Um, it's it's a big game. Like, it's bigger than it looks like on paper. So, yeah, you know what? Screw it. We're four and one. <laughs> there we go. We'll, t- we'll take that. Alex, what about you? I'm, I, I'm, I'll just be the pessimist then. I'll, I'll go three and two. I, I do think we're tired. I do think that, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to try our hardest, 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 you know, for the Raptors game. And I do think there's some, you know, there's some possibilities of, uh, hey, uh, one, two, three, Cancun you know, going on with uh, some of these games coming up. And some of them are on the road. You know, they're, they're a tough game. Utah's always a tough place to play uh the mavericks game you know dallas remembers what we did to them last time they went on a 30-0 run they you know we still beat them um and so i could definitely see a couple games where again we're the hunted um and people want to go ahead and you know get seek some revenge against us um and and maybe you know we're still just kind of reeling off off of the uh, the gauntlet that has been the, the last month and a half so uh, i'm gonna say three and two over these last five and I'm saying we're going five and zero. Oh. Someone hey, had to do it. Nice. No. All right, Dylan. Fin- All right, Jerry. We're going to finally beat the Sacramento Kings. That's the dream. That's what I need. My Super Bowl on that Sunday is finally beating the Sacramento <laughs> <Yeah>. Kings. Hopefully, <laughs> we can actually pull that off. But. Um, yeah, I think that's all we've got for this episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. Hey, I do want to say one thing. It has Go been amazing watching Thunder games not illegally like it has been great <laughs> to watch it on my antenna i literally bought an antenna just for this reason and i watched the game last friday even though i had the flu i watched the game this friday and it was great because i was at home my family was watching it with me like you know usually i'm i'm watching it on my phone like i'm not i'm hardly you know i, I could stream it on i could sca- uh, screencast it on my tv but i'm usually just watching it on my phone on that small ass screen and just being able to watch it on my, you know, on my TV um, with my family around me, you know, my, my kids are able to watch it. You know, there's my, my kids are starting to fall in love with this Thunder team again. 
Um, it was just, it's, it's been great. And so for the future moving forward, I really do hope that the Thunder do offer a, maybe, maybe it's the same thing next season where like they, they pick a specific day and they do like, Hey, free TV type stuff, cable, um, go ahead and show it on there. But it's a great thing to, to invest in your fans, to invest in your younger fans um, and, and invest just in, in fans overall that can't make it to games and can't necessarily just buy, you know, $20 per month subscription to, you know, to just watch the game. So it, it's been great. I love it. I know. And I'm pretty sure I've heard a lot on Twitter about people loving it. So I, I hope the Thunder do something similar to that moving forward here in the next yeah. couple of seasons. Let me jump in on this. Um, my, this isn't a sad thing. He, he was very, very, very old and it was time to happen. But a few months ago, my grandpa passed away. And the worst part of it is that my grandma is <laughs> is lonely now. Um, so she had fallen out of touch with the Thunder. She used to watch all the time. But all this Bally Madness, she had just like, I mean, she can't do apps and whatnot. She's very old. Um, when the Thunder announced that they were doing this on Fridays, I forced my dad to go buy her a digital antenna and go install it for her. And so now when the Thunder are about to play and she's able to watch it, I text her like that whole day and like fill her in on what's going on with the Thunder. She's been able to watch the last two Fridays and then we talk about it the next day. It's been awesome. And so like that's anecdotal. That's my personal story about it. But she is not unique in... Mm -hmm just not being able to like what's she gonna go get like grandma just go get a fire stick plug it in like then you have to switch it to the right you know input on your tv you have to download the app you have to like get a membership and something like just never gonna happen she'll just she'll just never watch the thunder again but this she can just flip her tv on turn to channel 6.3 and it's like a big deal in her life so yeah hook it up beautiful story man i enjoyed that thank you it's Thank very you. nice. And not to not to mention, like, the NBA stuff hardly ever works. Because me personally, yeah. I've only been able to watch the games on my phone or my TV, which has, like, a fire stick that hardly even works. I usually watch on my computer because I'll be, you know, doing stuff for YouTube. Like, I'll type up some notes, keep an eye on stuff. You know, I can tweet from there. So I usually have, like, a bunch of games pulled up on my computer. And for some reason, despite me being able to watch it on my phone and my TV through my cable provider because I have NBA League Pass through them – I can't do it on my computer. It says I don't have it. It says you need to upgrade to watch. There's blackouts. It's a whole mess. Like they need to fix that whole thing because, you know, stories like that are awesome. Like she's able to connect the thunder through that. And then, you know, I'm sitting here as someone who knows how to use all this technology and I'm fighting for my life against Verizon and NBA League Pass <laughs> trying to figure out how the hell do I watch basketball games when my job is to talk about basketball. So it's it's just a whole mess. Do more stuff like this, please. Yes, Definitely. Yeah. With that being said, though, we appreciate you tuning into the Topic Thunder podcast. As always, you know, write it five stars, download the podcast, subscribe here on YouTube. Uh, shout out to Matt Tierney, who I know was in here earlier. Fantastic job with stuff over on the socials and doing stuff over here too. you know, live streams and everything. So shout out mm -hmm. to him. Definitely make sure to go follow us on socials. I know the Thunder guys have been showing us a lot of love over there on Twitter recently. We really appreciate that. And yeah, I'm forgetting Dylan's outro now. Uh, and as God always, bless. Yeah. Hoop when God you can. bless. Hoop when you can. And yeah. as always, thunder up. <laughs> thunder up. Thunder up. And in honor of Dylan, that was amazing. Good work, y'all. <laughs> someone, someone has to end the stream. Uh, <laughs> just keep, keep smiling, guys. Keep smiling.
Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.